How can we, as creative educators and entrepreneurs, find our authentic voice, get real in a world where real is hard to come by, and share our vision all while making some serious money and keeping it all balanced? Hey, hey, it's Alyssa with the Teacher Hustle Podcast. If you're new here, welcome. Thanks for taking a chance on me. I'm a fifth grade teacher, toddler mom, and serial entrepreneur. I'm answering all your burning questions and bringing you simple business tips, mindset shifts, and inspiration to help you turn your passion into an income that makes an impact without being overly complicated. You know that one thing you can't stop talking about? We are going to share it with the world. So grab a cup of coffee and let's bring your wildest ideas to life. It's been a whirlwind month. Is it just me or did March feel like forever? Many of us were figuring out how to teach our students online, how to manage our own routines at home now that we're sort of stuck at home. And we're sort of trying to figure out how to manage our online business at the same time and keep that running because there are huge opportunities right now for us with online businesses. But let's face it, we are still figuring all of this out, even though we've sat with it for pretty much a month, we are still in that place where we're figuring things out. So the title of today's podcast is three steps you can take today to set yourself up for a balanced week. And I changed that word balance about 10 times before I settled on it. Because during the month of March, I was doing all the things you're doing. I was trying to figure out how to show up in a meaningful way for my fifth graders online when things truly from my end were changing day by day, our expectations and how we were going to run things to no one's fault, really not my district's fault or anything. They were super supportive. You know, we just as a district, as a state, as a country, just didn't know what was happening from day to day. And it was tough to try to figure out what we were expected to do or how this was going to look and nobody had an answer. I was trying to figure out how to keep their minds fresh, but without overwhelming them, knowing that this was a tough time for them too. And for their parents who were also working at home and trying to help them with their routine, I wanted to help to make sure families had what they needed when it came to food and care and the technology piece, right? Figuring all that out. I had to figure out how to work with my own colleagues virtually to coordinate planning and instruction for the different special areas and things like that. And and because I'm always into the latest technology at school, I'm kind of known for that. I was also hosting professional development trainings for my colleagues to help them transfer their skills to an online learning space. And I absolutely loved that. But my to-do list was just never ending. It was really, really tough. And then, of course, there are my own kids. And they go to an amazing daycare, typically, that is much like a preschool. So they do projects and crafts and songs. They have themes. My oldest son absolutely thrives off of it. He comes home every day talking about what he learned that day. He loves structure. He loves routine. And he soaks up every everything he learned. So I wanted to keep providing him with these opportunities for structured play. And I had this feeling that I should be spending more time with my kids, right? Because I needed to enjoy this opportunity. I've always said, I wish I had more time to spend with them. I, I hate sending them off to daycare and missing these moments with them. And all of a sudden now I have these moments and I wanted to spend it with them while they were little, but holy cow, that seems a lot more, uh, 
easy and fun when you're not in the middle of it. Toddlers and kids in general at home all day, every day while you're trying to work and get things done is not easy. They're constantly wanting you for something. My kids are constantly crying or arguing or fighting. I don't know if that's just me. The messes, you turn around and there's something all over the floor and you are literally never alone. Like I'm an introvert. I'm an Enneagram type five. I thrive off of my alone time. I Actually, I've seen a a meme where it says, like, I've been rehearsing for social distancing my whole life. I felt like that was me. Like, I can do this. I like to be by myself, but I'm not by myself, you guys. Uh, The only time I'm by myself is if I go to the bathroom. And uh, thankfully, the podcast episode I did a few weeks back with Jamie from Teach Talk Inspire helped a lot with me figuring out how to make time for myself to, to be alone and to get in that time that I needed. Uh, But then there was also, there were also other things like my online business. I wanted to show up for all of you because I knew I, I have the skills to give you what you need, but I didn't want to contribute to the noise you were experiencing online. I didn't want to be one more thing. I didn't want to be that nagging little voice saying, well, don't forget about your online business. This is a great time to build your online business. Like jump on this opportunity to build your online presence and step into your role as a thought leader. With everyone tuning into the online community all of a sudden, it was already super overwhelming to be on any social media site, Facebook or Instagram. Everyone was sharing well-meaning resources, and I definitely grabbed some to use in my own classroom, but it also felt like one big giant guilt fest. Every post on Instagram felt like something I should be doing, like a big, uh, Alyssa, why aren't you doing this and this and this in my own classroom and with my kids at home? And so it was hard to fall into a routine or even feel um, any kind of like relief by going onto social media when when you're constantly comparing to someone else's routine and what they're doing, it just felt like this really big weight. So for my online business, I decided to sit back and listen. That's what I do when I'm not sure how to serve or what my audience needs. I always sit back and listen. And that's what I tell all my THU crew students to do, to connect with your audience, to commiserate with them, to ask them questions, to figure out what they needed. That's what I did. And I know that you didn't even know what you needed. So sometimes when I ask the questions, people didn't know the answers. Like, what do I need? I don't even know what I need. That's how overwhelmed we were. And so from talking to the THU crew members and talking with all of you that I chat with about marketing strategy for your online business, you wanted this time to grow your business. You had all intentions of that. You knew this was a good opportunity. You also wanted to step in and and help other teachers and provide them with the knowledge you knew you had, but you were just too overwhelmed with your own stinking to-do list. And I don't blame you. And so was I. And I think from what I heard and from what I felt that is that any step we took felt like it just led to 10 more steps we needed to take. We wanted to show up for our audience and step in and lead and to be that thought leader, that that position that we took on, right? When we decided I'm going to have an online business, I'm going to share my ideas with classrooms around the world. But all of that had to take a back seat because we just couldn't get in front of it. And so I'm getting back to that word of from the title of this podcast, that word balance, and why I chose that word for the title. 
After experiencing all of this myself and observing what was happening in our online community and seeing that opportunity for you to build your business, but also seeing the need for you to rest and let go of some of that guilt, I had to think about what kind of a week I wished for you this week. And so if I think back at the beginning of of March, I was wishing something for you every week. During week one, I wanted, I wished for you to have a restful week. The first week that we all knew that school is going to be closed, I, and that we were going to need to be staying home, right? That we were going to, that this was a reality. I wanted you to have a week to digest things that were happening to you, to binge watch Netflix, to not take a shower, to eat junk food. We all needed at least a week, if not more, if we're not even still doing that, to just process the times we're in right now. It's so heavy just to sit with the magnitude of what this time is in our lives, this time of history really that we're living through. And I still want this for you. I still want rest for you. I still want you to give yourself permission to be upset, to cry if you need to, to need nothing more than the simple ridiculous things that bring you a moment of happiness like the show Tiger King or French fries or a glass of wine or a mug of hot tea or a long shower, reading a people magazine, whatever that self-indulgence is for you. I want that for you. And so week one of this to me, if I had to give it an analogy, like I always do, week one was like the last week of summer, the week when you are like grappling with the loss of summer and your routine and you know that a major change is coming and the way that you have to deal with that is just by finding happiness wherever you can. That's what week one was for me and what I think it was for all of you. And then during week two, I wished something different for you. I wished that that you would have a routine because as teachers, we, we, we hate to admit it, but routines and lists and planning as teachers, all of this puts our mind at ease, right? I think I can say that as kind of a blanket statement for teachers. It, it gives us the gift of control in a time where there is nothing in our control. It truly feels like we cannot control a thing except our own routine, right? And so I hoped that for week two, you were trying out your routine, that you were kind of testing out an online learning routine if you're a full-time teacher, educator, that you were figuring out how to set your boundaries. Because setting school hours and family hours and business hours, the same way that I teach you to do during, you know, air quote, normal times, we know how to balance schoolwork, family, and an online business. We're already doing that. But we needed to rework this time. We needed to set up our new classrooms, which might be at like our desk or in a closet or something at the kitchen table. And we needed to settle into our new sense of normal. And so week two, week two, if I go back to my analogy, was like the first week of school. It was chaotic. It was messy. It was the type of week where like you fell so hard onto the pillow at night, you felt like you just ran a marathon, but then you woke up at 2 a.m. worrying about what you were going to do the next day, just like the first week of school. You know that feeling, right? It's just craziness. You just feel like you are on all the time. That was week two. For week three, my wish for you of week three of all of this of this kind of stay at home journey was just I was hoping that you would find peace, right? I know that it gets messy. I know that we needed time to kind of grapple with it. But then hopefully I wanted you to come to this place of peace, this place where 
you came out of the mess of weeks one and two with some sense of peace with the circumstances that you could go on social media without feeling like you needed to do all the things, but rather that you could go on social media and pick and choose what you would take from each post and use as your own in your classroom, that you'd start to find joy and excitement and start to connect with your online community again in a way that was meaningful and helped you rather than in a way that overwhelmed you. And I wanted you to have the peace and have enough of your mind wrapped around the the, this heavy thing that we're going through, that you'd be able to lean on your people without comparing yourself and that you'd be able to step in and use your own knowledge, your own, you know, what your passion topic is, your niche and step in and, and help other teachers if that felt right for you, but at least show up for them and relate to them as that thought leader, that you would have enough of a sense of peace by week three that you could do that. And if you're still not there yet, please don't go by my, my weeks aren't rigid, but this is kind of the process that I'm hoping that you're going through or that you've gone through. And I actually don't know what week we're on. And when I'm saying week one, that's probably different for all of us. But let's say that this is week four, or I don't even know what day it is. Okay, but I'm um, I'm still going back and forth between all of those three things that I just mentioned, feeling that need for rest, feeling that need for routine, feeling a need for peace and acceptance. So I thought that for this week, I could wish you balance. And I know that this is where I can step in. So before today, my job was to listen to you, right? To help you where I could. Uh, I didn't want to push you too hard into your online business and to feel like you needed to do all the things there because you already feel like you need to do all the things everywhere else. But I wanted to figure out how I could help. And now that I'm sort of feeling that energy shift to this place where I think many of you are ready or you're you're coming to a spot where you're ready to find balance again, I want to give you three bite-sized things you can do today, three steps you can take to set yourself up to have a balanced week this week. Okay, so this one, uh, you're going to need to definitely grab a notebook. If you have a notebook handy, we'll go through this process together. You can pause, you can do some writing, you can do some journaling. This is going to involve some brain dumping and some list making. And if you are running or you're walking or you're cooking or cleaning while you listen to this, just come back to it later and listen when you can pause and do some of this work because it's going to be really important to kind of go through these steps. Okay, so what these steps are going to do, they're going to help you set your boundaries right? Just the way that we do with a regular school day, where we have kind of the end of the school day and the beginning of the time that we spend with our family. And then um, our kids go to bed and we have the maybe the beginning of the time that we spend in our business. Those are clear cut times. We get out of school at four o'clock, kids go to bed at 730. We work until 930. We go to bed, whatever your schedule may be. We have boundaries and we honor them. Um, but during this time, we have to reset them. And they're harder because we're setting the time on them. And if we don't set the time on them, they can go on and on and on. We can be checking parent messages and answering tech questions at 10 o'clock at night when really we should be resting. So you may have, if you're anything like me, you may have like the very first week right out of the gate, the day you found out school was going to be closed for an extended period of time, you tried to set a schedule because that's what we do. We try to get some sort of control. But my guess is that things have changed since then, not only with what your expectations are around schoolwork, but like how your day is truly going to go versus what you expect from your day. Um, And that's speaking from personal experience. So we're not going to write down our schedules by the minute. We're not going to feel guilty if we don't get to everything. We're going to start really broad with light schedules that allow us to keep our sanity to gain back some of that control and to set real boundaries 
to be sure our needs are getting met, not to be sure that we're doing all the things, to be sure that our needs are getting met. I think that a schedule can help you let go of some of that guilt of feeling like you need to do all the things because if you set it light enough and if you set it in a realistic way, then you're not going to feel like you need to do all of the things. And then you can fit in some of the things where you feel they need to, they, they could go, but you don't have to do them. So I'm going to walk you through, and this is pretty much the same steps I always walk you through whenever we're talking schedule, but this time we're taking into consideration the circumstances, the special circumstances that we're in during this time when we're home from school for an extended period of time, and we are still teachers and business owners, um, and lots of us parents as well. Okay, so step one is to get that giant to-do list all of the realistic stuff and also all of that overachiever stuff that you have got floating around in your head, the things you want to do, get that onto paper. So I want you to start with a blank notebook page where you can just literally brain dump every single thing that has been on your mind since the start of this, literally everything. At the top of the page, you can just write brain dump. Every project you're hoping to get done around the house, organizing the pantry, cleaning the fridge, um, every little thing you've been thinking about for school, you I, I keep seeing the postcards to send my kids snail mail, right? That's been like on the back of my, it's been on the back of my to-do list at the very bottom of my to-do list, I should say. Maybe doing a virtual field trip or a Kahoot game or trying out Google Meet, whatever, whatever you've has been floating around that you kind of want to do that's kind of on your floating to-do list. We're going to get this down on your brain dump. Everything you want to do with your kids, every intention you have around your time with your kids while you're at home, maybe you wanted to play more board games or uh, in our area, we're doing like rainbow projects that we put outside so that when people are on walks, they can find a rainbow, whatever, whatever it is you've been meaning to do that's been floating around these ideas you've had, dump them all out onto paper because we need to get them out of that head of ours. They are taking up space, little, big projects, everything that we've been thinking, oh, I should do that. I want to do that. Maybe I'll do that. It's taking up some of that mental workload space and we got to get rid of it. So we've got to get it out onto paper. And then I want you to turn the page and you just let that big old brain dump list sit there and simmer while we work through the next steps. We're not going to let go of it completely. You may get to clean out the pantry, but put it aside. Okay. Step number two is to reset your intentions for this time. And you'll notice I took a breath there mostly because I'm really pregnant and I can hardly breathe, but also because we need to take a deep breath and just say, this time may not look the way we expected it to look going into this. We may not get to all the things on the brain dump page and that's okay. And so we need to, now that we've been living this, we need to reset our our intentions for this time. What is this truly going to look like? So even if you made a schedule coming out of the gate, even if you were one of those people, we have got to reset our intentions now that we've lived it, now that we've been with it, sat with it. What is this really going to look like for us? And so we're going to start broad. On a new page, I want you to write down time blocks. And on this page, we're going to figure out What do you need to make space for during your days? You're going to divide the page into two columns, and I'm going to get very teacher-like here with you. You're going to label them must do and may do. We have to think about what must you get to in a day. Just like I always have, my day can be broadly chunked into kind of three big categories, school day, kids, and business. So whatever that is for you, how would you broadly chunk kind of like the things, the I guess the jobs that you have during the day. 
and then think about what must you do for each one of those jobs each day. This is much easier when we go to school, right? We have to show up at eight. We have to leave at four. We have to get our plans done for the next day. We got to get our copies done. We've got to educate our children. And and that's easy. When we're at home, what are our expectations? And we may have a better understanding of those now than we did during week one. If you're anything like me, they were changing constantly. So now I know for me, my must do's for school. I must check my school email every day, a couple of times a day. I have to check in with parents and kids, answer questions. We do a daily Google Meet for a read aloud. And then I usually have some planning to do or video to record for the following day or the following week. And sometimes I do an online PD. So those are my must do's. Those are my things that I must do during my school work time block. When I'm thinking about my kids, this is harder. What must I do to like keep them alive to allow me that school work time? I must feed them. I have to get them breakfast, to get them lunch and dinner. I have to make sure that they go down. They don't both take naps, but that one of them naps and one of them has some quiet time. Um, I really must get them outside or keep them entertained or I'm not going to get anything else done. How that looks is not a must, right? So like um, coloring a project for Easter, that's not a must. That's a may. So, But keeping them entertained, keeping them busy, that is a must. Just thinking about the necessities here. For my business, my online business, my absolute must have to do with just keeping the business running. I must plan my cornerstone content. That's really important for me. This podcast showing up for you, that's important for me. I must check on the THU crew. I have certain times that I do that. I must uh, participate in my coaching calls, right? I've committed to those. That's just the bare minimum bare minimum to keep my online business running. I'm not talking about growth. I'm talking about what must I do to keep it going. And now I'm going to go to the may do side of my list and I'm going to look at each one of those chunks and what are the things that I may do in a day or in a week for each of those chunks. So for school... I may choose to add something new to the routine. I may choose to do those snail mail postcards or something that was from my brain dump list. With the kids, I may plan projects or I may have special activities for them. For my business, I may work on my quarterly goals. I may get to that growth piece. Now, before we leave step two and go on to step three, I want you to add one more piece to your must-do, may-do list. And that is something that you probably didn't think of when you thought of your chunks of your time blocks for the day, um, because we often don't think of this one. But I want you to add time for yourself because we have to carve that out. For me, it used to be my drives to school, my drives back, and I would listen to a podcast. And like that kept my sanity. That was my time. What is your must for yourself for the day now? For me, it's getting up and taking a shower. And I learned that after the first couple of weeks, like I have to do that. Uh, and also listening to a podcast. It's one of my favorite things to do. I really can't let go of that piece of my day. I don't want to. So those are the two things, showering and podcast. It's really minimum. It's really light. It's not like I'm saying I'm going to go, you know, run a 5k outside every day. Maybe that is on your must do list. I don't know. But these are two things I absolutely must do in my day so that I don't lose my mind. And then for the may do's, I might also do some other things that I just like to do, like read or stay up after the kids go to bed and binge a few episodes of Ozark on Netflix and eat some snacks. Like Those are kind of like my may-dos. 
And then we're going to go on to step three, which is simply to set the timing around those blocks. Like what time of the day are you going to do it? I'm not, I'm not talking about timing it to the minute. I'm talking about chunking up your day so that these things fit in. So now we're going to go to our must do, our must do side, and we're going to put some time around that. It could look like you could say, you know, first thing in the morning, next thing in the morning, afternoon, however you chunk up your day it could be actual hours in the day. You could say like, you know, 8.30 to 11.30, I'm doing this. That part's up to you. I just sort of chunk my day into blocks that don't necessarily have time restraints to them because the time restraints sometimes make me feel guilty if I don't hit them exactly right. And with toddlers, it's really hard. So I do have a few hours where I'm like locked down, locked into those hours, but mostly it's in chunks. I'll tell you kind of what my day looks like. Now that we have this giant list of things that were on our mind and then we, we know what we must do and may do, we've got to carve out that time. So the key here is to set boundaries. We're not using time blocks to feel guilty when we go over or we don't honor those time blocks because there's going to be days we know this where we stick to those time blocks and then there's going to be days where they totally fall apart and that's okay. We're setting the time blocks so that we can say no. Just the same way that we walk out of our school buildings at four o'clock, we turn our email off, we stop checking our email, and we spend the evenings with our families. Whatever your boundaries are on that typical school day, we need to set those same boundaries now. So whether that's time or time chunks, we have to have those boundaries. So for me, I have to start out the morning doing something for myself. And it's not easy for me. You've heard me talk about this before. I'm not really a morning routine person because I just can't get up in the morning. Um, I'm a late night person, but I know that it's worth it. So simply a shower, and I learned this after week one, sets my day right. It's time I can have to myself. It's quiet. It makes me feel human. I can get dressed. I can do my hair. Sometimes I take an extra long shower just because I can, because nobody's up yet or whatever. But the shower is a non-negotiable for me. It's a must-do. Then my next chunk of time is breakfast for the boys. That was from my must-do list. Obviously, I need to feed them. And then I do some 10-minute tasks for school. Uh, I while I'm drinking my coffee and they're eating, I check my email. I send out a quick note to parents for the day. I check in on Google Classroom. 10-minute tasks, things that are, it's okay if the boys interrupt me. It, you know, it's okay if something happens while I'm working on them. It's not a huge commitment. It's just like a small chunk of time to check in on school. And then I kind of go back to my kids. The next chunk of time after I've done those 10-minute tasks around school, I go back to my kids and I try to spend an hour with them. And some days we go for a walk and I listen to the podcast, my podcast during that walk. Sometimes we just go outside and play and I'll still put the podcast on while they're playing. Some days we color or we do a project, but I like to spend this time with them first before I truly dive into my school day because then their need for attention from me has been met for a bit and I don't have that guilt around oh my gosh, like it's noon and I didn't even see my kids yet. I like to have that hour before I sit down to school to be with them. And then we have a live meeting with our fifth graders every day at 930. So there is that time that I do have to hit, which actually is kind of nice because it forces me to come inside with the boys at 930. Like this, you know, that kid time has an end. And so these are like my official school hours. I do the meeting with the kids and then I stay and do any other planning or video recordings for the next I would say like an hour and a half. That's my longest chunk of straight schoolwork for the day. And luckily for me, Matt works from home as well. So I kind of shut myself in my bedroom and I have some quiet time to get that done. And then I flip flop and go back to the kids. 
usually we go outside again or we play, we get ready for lunch and quiet time, which is right after lunch. Now, even if you have older kids, I, I mean, I don't have older kids yet, so I don't know, but the quiet time I cherish. So my oldest He's three, almost four. He doesn't do a nap. He doesn't love quiet time. He fights me on it. But Jamie from Teach, Talk, Inspire gave me some tips of giving him some independent activities that will be different and interest him during this time. So we have a shelf now in the garage of puzzles and Legos that only he can use that are two, like two small pieces, like too much for his little brother. And so he feels really special picking something off the shelf for quiet time that his brother is who is napping is not allowed to use yet. And he thinks that's exciting. I can usually squeak out about an hour for myself. And during that hour, I do either my schoolwork or I check in on some of my business stuff. And then for me, the afternoon is may do because I got through because I kept my must do so light that I have the afternoon for the may do or I have the afternoon to be flexible enough that I can finish up some of the must do's if the morning didn't go well. So I might even go into my brain dump page and tackle something on that list. I might clean the pantry or whatever. But this afternoon is completely dependent on the energy of the day, and I left it that way on purpose. Some days we do absolutely nothing. Some days I tackle a project. Some days I get my laptop out and I work while the kids play, and I don't have guilt because I've already gotten in some time with them, some one-on-one time. Well, I love having the flexibility of this time in the afternoon that's more free and kind of functions as a reward for the time that I put in earlier. And then I still work on my business when the kids go to bed, mostly because I want to. That's my kind of self-care for the day. That's my self-indulgence, the thing that I like to do when I'm by myself. But honestly, we have been doing a lot of Netflixing lately and snack time because that's what we need right now. And that's okay too. And routines and structure in general, no matter what way you tackle them, whether you try my strategy or try something else, they give us that balance. Or if we do them too strictly, they can also tear us up inside. It depends on how much grace we're giving ourselves. If we can keep our schedules and routines light, if we can forgive ourselves when plans don't work out, we're in a good place. But as teachers, I think it's fair to say plans and schedules and routines, they are a familiar face to us. They give us that structure. They give us that control we crave. They allow us to say no and to set the boundaries that we desperately need during this time. They force us to carve out time for ourselves and to evaluate what's truly important right now. Just like the first week of school, maybe even the few mo- first few months of school, it takes time to settle into this new normal. And our routines and our plans cannot be set in stone. They have to be tweaked. They have to be adjusted. We have to find out what is truly important to us, what is truly important to our students and our families, what can be set aside for another day. And we need to learn how to take care of ourselves during this time because we know this, we don't always practice it, but we know that we cannot take care of our students and families, our, our own families, and until we take care of us, we do not have the mental capacity to care for them in the way that we should. One last tip before I leave you to keep yourself balanced during this time is to find an accountability partner or a group or a community who understands you. Even as a complete introvert, 
I would be really lost right now without connection. So lean on your friends, find ways to connect online, to vent and to cry and to laugh with the people who get you. Reach out, see is there somebody out there who will help you and check in on you with your routine and you can check in on them and and help each other set your boundaries. But I am glad to have you here and we have a totally free community of amazing educators who are also listening to this podcast and we chat about all the things over in the free Facebook group called Teacher Hustle Podcast. If you're not already a part of our Facebook community, we would love to welcome you in there to have you and to talk about all of these things that we're going through together right now as a community. As always, remember to post a picture on Instagram of you listening to this episode. That's what's keeping me going. And I would love to see your schedule, your time blocks, your brain dumps, all of that. Tag me, Teacher by Nap Time, so I can see what you've been up to. And thank you for being here, and I will see you next week. If you are listening to this podcast, I know you are a creative educator who is wanting to start their business online. Maybe you have started your business, but you can't gain any traction because as soon as you take one step forward, there are a million more things you're supposed to be doing like blogging or podcasting, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Maybe you've heard all the marketing podcasts, but there's so much conflicting information. You just want the roadmap to success. I know sometimes it feels like the big name marketing experts don't understand our lives as teachers. You might be worried you're going to spend all your time and money on creating your online business, or maybe you already have spent tons of time and money and no one is going to show up to buy the thing you have to offer. And you're worried about how you're going to stand out among the rest. If you don't want a degree in marketing, but you want to inspire other teachers and you want to stand out among the rest and create a voice and share your thoughts and ideas and bring in some money, but it all feels a little overwhelming. I have good news for you. You are exactly where you need to be. You have everything you need to share your passion and to make some serious cash in the process. I want to introduce my signature training for creative teachers like you, Teacher Hustle University, and you can get your hands on my step-by-step guide to designing an online business with a strategic, purposeful marketing plan. The Teacher Hustle University framework is your chance to build that solid foundation in marketing for your online business, to make a difference in classrooms around the world, to generate a steady monthly income, and to put it all on autopilot so you can enjoy life's moments. I teach you all of the pieces of the framework for Teacher Hustle University inside my free masterclass, which you can find at alissamcdonald.com slash masterclass.